scripture I'd like to share with you this morning comes from the book of John, chapter 11. We're going to read verses 1 through 26. This is the word of the Lord. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you. Are you going to go there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble, because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he'll be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death. They thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask him. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, this time of year, it starts to feel like, you know, this time in March, it starts to feel like winter is going to last forever, right? I mean, uh, the cloudy days, the cold temperatures, the rain, the, the snow slowly receding from the backyard, it, it starts to feel like things are never going to get better. It becomes difficult, at least for me, it becomes difficult to remember what the warmth of the sun will feel like and what the green grass will look like and what it would even feel like to walk around with my feet in it, which is something that I like to do. It starts to feel like it's going to last forever. And there, there are many seasons that we go through in life that feel this way, that they're, they're never, they're never going to change. They're, 
going to always be this way, even though we know cognitively, we know in our minds, well, of course the spring is going to come again. Of course the children are going to get older. Of course I'll be done with school and things will feel different and be better. But when we're in those moments, that's not how it feels. When you're in graduate school, I can attest that it feels like that's going to last forever, the grind of that. When your kids are in diapers, it feels like, it does, it feels like it's going to last forever. If they're not sleeping well, if you're sick, it feels like it's going to last forever. If you're caring for a loved one who is dependent upon you, it feels like it's going to last forever, doesn't it? If you live with chronic pain, yes, it feels like it's going to last forever. And how do we feel during these times? What is that specific feeling? Well, we try to make the most of it. I know everybody here, we say, make the most of it. Find the good in each day. And yes, we do that and are successful in those times. But some seasons in life are harder than others. And we come face to face with this reality that there are many things in life that we can't change. We can't do anything about it. And we can't speed up time. And we can't slow it down like we would like to do during the joyful seasons of life. And we just cannot change it. We're powerless. And so the more that we try to do something within our despair and our pain, the worse it can feel. And if we're in those kinds of moments, you know from the times you've been in those kinds of moments where it feels like it's not going to change, we might start to feel joyless or hopeless or maybe anxious or depressed. Or you might start to feel frustration and even anger towards other people or towards God or yourself. I imagine that that's how Mary and Martha felt, as their brother Lazarus was ill. That kind of hopeless feeling. It was serious. Otherwise, they wouldn't have reached out to Jesus. You know, why would they go to Jesus if he just had a cold? Or if he just wasn't feeling quite right? No, it was serious. And so they send a message to Jesus probably to ask him for help because they were friends. Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And Jesus, in this situation, in the weirdest way, downplays the reality. He says, first, this illness doesn't lead to death. And he stayed two days longer, even though they had sent him this message, and they must have conveyed the emotion that it was urgent. But Jesus says, uh, well, our, our friend is asleep. Not dead. No big deal. And then he turns around and says, well, no, actually, he's dead. Well, what's going on here, Jesus? But then he goes on to say in verse 4 that this illness does not lead to death, but it, but it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Jesus goes as far to say when he admits that Lazarus is actually dead, catch this, that Jesus actually goes as far to say as he's glad he wasn't there to save Lazarus. He's glad that it didn't turn out, that he didn't come and heal Lazarus on the spot. Why? So that you may believe. Now Martha, she believes. If you remember the other stories of uh, Jesus being with Mary and Martha, Martha believes that Jesus is the Messiah. And Martha comes and says, Lord, you could have saved him. I know that you could have saved him. But even now, even after four days of him being dead in the tomb, even now, if you ask God to heal him, I believe that it will happen. I believe that God will do it. And so Jesus affirms Martha's belief and says, you're right, Martha, your brother will rise again. And she immediately thinks that what Jesus is talking about is that one day scenario, 
that one day in heaven kind of belief that we all have, that one day we'll experience eternal life. Well, Martha was thinking of the Jewish belief that one day there would be a resurrection of, of the dead, a resurrection of God's people. That the Pharisees actually believed would happen. They just didn't believe that Jesus was the one who would bring that day about. Martha believes that yes, that day will happen. But Jesus adds to Martha's belief as he affirms it. He says, Martha, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Jesus makes it clear that the resurrection is not just an idea or a belief. The resurrection is not just one day far off at the end of our life when the culmination of all creation happens. The resurrection is not just a future time. The resurrection is actually a person. And that person is Jesus. The resurrection is a person. And that person is Jesus. And then Jesus is the resurrection and the life, as he clearly says, the resurrection begins now. If God's resurrection power can work then, then it can work now. And that means as we walk with Jesus through the darkest times of life, that nothing can last forever, nothing will last forever. The darkest valley for Mary and Martha, and for Jesus and for all the Jews that came to support Mary and Martha in their loss, the darkest valley for them became an unbelievable experience of witnessing the glory of God. Jesus goes to the tomb of Lazarus and says, Lazarus, come out and stink and all, nasty bandages and all, Lazarus comes out of the tomb. It's unbelievable, right? But this is what the story says in that this dark, dark valley for Mary and Martha and even for Jesus and for all the Jews that loved Lazarus became the unbelievable experience of witnessing the glory of God. The deep experience of pain and struggle and suffering became the space for new depth of belief to emerge. Jesus added to Martha's belief. He didn't just say, no, you're wrong, Martha. He brought a greater depth to her belief. Friends, Jesus sees the bigger picture of our lives that we're unable to that we're often unable to see. His desire is so much deeper for us for us to live a so much deeper than for us to live a comfortable life, to even live a happy life, to be free of struggle and pain and loss and failure. That's not what Jesus wants for us. That is never what Jesus or God the Father wanted for us. Jesus' deepest desire for us is that we would believe that we would believe in him. That we would believe in what he can do, not in what we can do. To believe in Jesus is to believe that nothing besides him and the kingdom of God lasts forever, nothing. To believe that his resurrection power paves the way for that eternal life. But that resurrection begins now. Through transformation in this journey that we call sanctification of becoming more and more like Christ and more of the person that God made us to be and experiencing the healing touch of Jesus throughout our lives. So friends, if this is true, that means that for us, the difficulty and the loss and the suffering and the trauma and the battles with the sinful nature that we often try to avoid, we do everything to suppress, those are actually the places 
that we can experience the redeeming power of God. We can make a choice to trust God in those moments and see what happens, or to turn to all of our different, different coping strategies that just keep us limited, keep our lives limited to our power and intellect, what we can understand. Jesus says, I'm glad that I wasn't there, so that you may believe. This implies that belief in Jesus, in who he is, not just that he's real or not real, but belief in Jesus for what he can do in your life, that kind of belief doesn't come without struggle. That kind of belief doesn't come without pain. That kind of belief doesn't come without the death of something old to make room for something new. The transformational experience is what reinforces our belief. It's the change. It's the contrast. And so the development of faith of the disciples was actually dependent upon the difficulty of their circumstances, and they still struggled to believe. They still wondered, well, what's going on with this guy? And they were right there with Jesus. The development of their faith of the disciples was dependent upon the difficulty of their circumstances. Without the difficulty, it wouldn't actually be belief in Jesus. It would just be a belief that, well, Jesus is a really nice guy. We like him. He has a lot of really good things to say that help me in whatever I want to do in my life. You know, that's, that's what it could be if we weren't waiting upon Jesus to see what kind of healing and transformation he would bring. He's a really nice guy. He really likes us. So Jesus wants us to believe in him, to believe that he's working in our circumstances, to believe that he cares for us and is bringing good out of the hardest parts of our life, out of the hardest parts, not the easiest parts, not the stuff that we can get through just on our own, like, I'm pretty good at this. Jesus shows up in the most difficult parts of our life to show us that he's there, that he's walking with us. So, I have to ask, does this mean that Jesus doesn't care about our suffering and our pain? Is he just indifferent? You know, well, well it's for your good. You know, a lot of people don't believe in God because of this kind of tension that exists all throughout the Bible. Why does God allow these things to happen? Well, when Jesus saw that Martha and Mary and their friends were weeping, uh, he was actually greatly disturbed in his spirit and deeply moved. And some of those translations say that he was actually to the point of, of anger, like frustrated with, why does life have to be this way? Even Jesus was saying, why does it have to be this hard? Why is it so painful? Why do we have to go through this? He saw the emotion that everybody else was experiencing, and Jesus was frustrated. And so frustrated and feeling so despair that he started to cry. Jesus feels our pain. He knows what it's like. He's not indifferent to that. But he is able to view our pain and our struggle and our loss and our trauma for what it is. All those experiences that we have in life provide the space for the power, for the glory of God to shine through. To show up light in the darkness. The transformation and breakthroughs in the Bible, that's actually what highlight the work of Jesus. The transformation, the breakthroughs, the light coming into the darkness. Those are the experiences that highlight the work of Jesus, that say this is who Jesus is. 
This is why you need him, because there's dark within you. There's dark within, darkness within me. We need the light of Christ to come into our lives and save us. What we see is that the more difficult the circumstance, the more powerful the display of God's glory, and the more profound the depths of belief. It's a transformational experience that's not possible without the struggle. So every difficult season in life, friends, is an invitation to believe again. Every difficult season in life is an invitation to go from, you know, this kind of belief up here, maybe the things you learned in Sunday school, or the things that you learned 10 years ago when you went through a hard time. Now it's an invitation to go even deeper with Jesus. What's he going to do now? How's he going to show up in my life now? God is glorified through the transformational journey in our walk with Jesus. Not through perfection. Not through having it all together. That's not what brings glory to God. It's like, look at me. I've just got such a great life. No problems here. Got it all together. God is glorified through the journey of us trusting Jesus through the darkest valleys of our life. Because those places become the very places where the light of Christ shines the brightest. But God is glorified, and we come to believe. So the greater the contrast, the greater God is glorified in the depth that's added to our belief. A simple example of this is like when you hear a testimony. A lot of you have gone on the walk to a man's retreat, and when you get to the end of the retreat, people will share their testimony. And, this is where I was. This was my experience. And then God did something. Now, this is what I believe. And I got to tell you about what I believe. Because it was so amazing. The way that God showed up within this circumstance was so powerful that I can't help but tell you about it. This is where I was. This is what God did. And now this is what I believe. I spend a lot of time in recovery groups and recovery community, and that's what I love the most about it, is hearing the depth of pain and struggle, of overwhelm and trauma, and people's willingness to say those things out loud. This is where I was. This is the powerful way that God stepped into my suffering and pain and darkness. And this is what happened. This is what I believe. The greater the contrast, the more God is glorified. The more powerful experience and the, the greater the depth of belief. Every person that I've encountered in my life with a deep, deep faith, a powerful, meaningful faith that they live out, I can't, can't help but live it out every moment of every day, has been through a lot of pain. And somehow, some way, they turn to Jesus within that painful season of life. And they say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust that this is not going to last forever and that you can redeem this experience right now. And they emerge from that darkness as a totally new person. But what's required of that is we go, we make the move, we make the move from wondering, why is this happening to me? To wondering, what is God going to do? Instead of wondering, why is this happening to me and what can I do to change it, we start to wonder, what is God going to do during this season of my life? If I continue to give my heart to him, 
and create space in my life, in my mind, and in my heart for God to, to work there, I start to wonder what's going to happen. What's going to change from leaning into God's resurrection power? As I look back in my life, I see that the most profound times of change and healing and growth and newness that's emerged, which is like I shared last week, there have been several seasons. As I look back, sometimes with bitterness of why did I have to go through that, I look back and see, well, I would have never grown in this particular way had it not been for that experience. Several months of darkness, several years of darkness, maybe a decade of darkness. But had I not gone through that, I would have never turned to Jesus in the way that I in the way that I do now. Maybe that's true for you. And so now I look back on those experiences, say I wouldn't give them up for the world, <laughs> because had everything gone the way that I had hoped it would go. When I left high school, if everything had gone the way that I had hoped it would go, I don't think I would care about Jesus at all. Not at all. It's within those dark seasons in life that I could see the glory of God working, often in hindsight. I came to believe. <clears throat> I wish it wasn't that way. Don't you, don't you? Don't you wish that we could just say, well, Jesus just shows up and saves us from that spiritual death that we go through? Saves us from the pain of life. Well, I, I wish it was that way. I wonder what would it be like to see our struggles and our pain, our, our fears and our grief. What would it be like to see those as opportunities for us to believe? Again, moving from why is this happening to me to wondering, what can God, God do in this moment? What kind of spiritual resurrection or new life can be brought through this season of loss and self-examination? We can move from why to wonder. It doesn't just happen by sitting and doing things that we've always done. We have to step out in faith. We have to open our minds and our hearts to new experiences. Reaching out to others. Actually, in a group setting, one of the most powerful things is hearing other people say, going through a similar thing. And you might hear a breakthrough of what somebody else has been through, and it gives you hope to say, well, if that happened to them, and now look at where they're at, well, God can do that in my life, too. What did you do? How did you get there? Let me tell you, these are the steps that I took, and God met me in that space. This story of Lazarus, friends, is a, what they call in the Bible a foretaste. It's like a sneak peek. It's a reminder that not even death last forever. We're just getting warmed up, friends. In two weeks, we're going to celebrate Jesus doing something that nobody had ever done, which is resurrect himself. This is just a foretaste of that power. Lazarus, to me, feels like, in our time, Lazarus is like the warm, sunny day in March, where we realize, not just with our minds, but in our hearts, like, oh yeah, winter's going to be over soon. It's going to feel good. It's going to feel amazing. Lazarus is a, is a glimpse of how much you've grown through a difficult season. You like just catch a glimpse, maybe just for half of a moment on part of a day, you're just like, yeah, I'm actually growing through this. Praise the Lord. Lazarus is that moment when you've been sick for two weeks and you start to feel better. You're like, okay, I'm going to get my life back here. 
Lazarus is that moment when you sense the presence of the Lord in the difficult season that you're going through. Again, Jesus says, I'm glad that you went through that. I'm glad that you went through that so that you may believe. Jesus resurrecting Lazarus tells us that there is no depth of sickness. There is no depth of struggle or pain or lethargy or depression or overwhelm that, will, that is too much for Jesus. That not even death is final for him. Nothing lasts forever. Nothing except the mercy of God, the faithfulness, the kindness, the glory of God, the beauty and compassion of God. Nothing lasts forever except God's kingdom. Nothing lasts forever except a life lived with Jesus. Friends, that life begins now, last return. So may we be blessed today with a profound sense of belief that is birth through struggle and difficulty, and that those experiences would allow us to go through the valley of darkness so that we could believe. Sarah's going to lead us in 